And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. As we are here to discuss your Toronto Raptors. This is the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show. Thank you for tuning in. As always, you can find me live streaming after every Toronto Raptor game on Twitter at Shell Alexander. You can also find me streaming live on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Bunch of different places you can find us. That includes, of course, YouTube, where we got the chat up and running, sending in your comments and questions. I see the people already filtering in on YouTube, and you know what? I appreciate that. We also have a stream up on Twitch, in which... You can find at On Blast Podcast. That is the Twitch channel. And again, wherever you decide to listen to this pod, send in your comments and questions live because this is the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post game show there is. And we do this after every game. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Really appreciate you guys tuning in because, as I've been saying throughout this tough run of Raptors basketball, I know who I'm speaking to right now. I'm speaking to the diehard Raptor fans that care about their team, that want to vent, that want to have a place where they can have their voices heard and speak with like-minded fans. And I accept that role. I appreciate that role through the tough times and the good times. We're here to discuss Raptors basketball. And the Raptors fall in this game. And I know there's going to be a lot of things that people want to talk about because obviously this was a Norm game and Norm playing against his former team very soon after the trade. As we remember, the trade deadline was just this past Thursday. Norman Powell obviously traded to the Portland Trailblazers in exchange for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. And in this game, the Norm return game, I mean, it started off with Norm lining up on the wrong side of the court. Gotta be honest, I can't really blame him for that. It's been a long time that he's been on the same side as Pascal and Freddie, right? Like, it's been a while. Force of habit. I get it. I understand it. Now, the Raptors lose this game 122 to 117. Raps have now lost 13 of 15 overall. CJ McCollum with 23 points. Freddie with 26. Or, sorry, wow. Dame with 22, Pascal at 26, Freddie with 20. Now, this game, we're going to go through the game. As always, what we do on this pod, I'll kind of go through, give my thoughts of what happened on the game, and then I get to the comments quickly to hear about what you guys have to say, what the fan base is feeling like. Take a pulse, let's say, of what's going on in the Raptors fan base because I feel like the Norm stuff, it was interesting. It was interesting because the Norm stuff and seeing people's reaction to the Norm stuff was interesting to me because I felt like, oh, is this not working? I don't know if this is working or not. I felt like the Norm stuff was interesting to me because the way that people were viewing Norman Powell, especially the way that Raptor fans were viewing Norman Powell, I thought it was interesting because there's two ways you can look at it. One, you know, Norm is a great story in terms of a second round pick, He grinded his way through the G League, grinded his way on the Raptors bench, got himself a second contract, and, I mean, put himself in a great position right now to where this summer he's about to get paid. The flip side of that, for the people, you know, the diehards who are really taking it in, who are along for the whole ride, 
Norm's an interesting character because he was wildly inconsistent while he was on the team. He had some great moments. Playoff Powell, I know it's become kind of like a running gag or a joke or, you know, a caricature of what really happened early on. And he had some major moments. We've seen that Indiana Pacers dunk numerous times now, but my guy came off the bench in his rookie year and swung that playoff series. The Raps were about to lose game five at home and Norm really gave them a spark. And obviously we know the call by now. Norm dunks it from like, you know, the dotted line, almost lost the ball in the air, but throws it down to tie up the game. Raps obviously go on and win game five and end up winning the series. And he had big playoff moments. That's just what Norm did. He was also very inconsistent. That's just the truth. There were a lot of times when Norm started to play well and then he would get hurt. Um, and that was just kind of the roller coaster ride of Norm, Norman Powell. And the one thing you got to remember about the Raptors and their relationship with Norm, remember when Norm, Norm was struggling, he was very inconsistent. The Raptors gave him that deal. And then a lot of people who follow the team might have felt as if the Raptors regretted that soon after because Norm wasn't really playing well right after the deal and then he kept getting hurt so now you have the situation where he was doing really well last year and then he got hurt again and then he came back he was doing all right and then the bubble came and he was okay in the bubble he was okay but he wasn't you know the norm that we just saw for the past two months which is what makes it so interesting because I think the truth lies in how many people Raptors included, right? People involved with the Raptors, people who cover the team. How many people gave the impression that, well, I mean, maybe the Raptors should keep Norm. Maybe they should pay Norm. You didn't really hear that opinion that much. And so what does that tell you? Right? Think about it. So it was cool to see Norm back. And the, the thing that hit me, I think Brad Faye said it in the pregame show Norm was the fifth member of the Raptors championship squad, you know, like key members, right? Like rotation players to not be on the team anymore. And when he said that, I, I was taken aback because I was like, oh, don't remind me, <laughs> right? It just seems like we're getting further and further away from that championship team. And I still want to feel the championship vibes, you know what I'm saying? But this team is not that team. As mentioned, the Raptors have lost 13 of 15 games, and they they're just struggling. They're struggling right now. And this from Josh Lewenberg. The Raptors fall to 7-19 and 19 in games within five points or less in the final five minutes. The NBA's second worst, quote, clutch record this season. Second to the Detroit Pistons, who are 4-19. Now, the Blazers improved to 21-7 and seven in clutch games which is the second best record in the NBA and I'm going to use this opportunity to use the Blazers as an example because a lot of what we talked about even going back to last year's Raptors team we're seeing it so much more with this year's Raptors team a theme that I've loved to say over and over again what do you do in winning time because that's really going to tell you how far your team is going to go. How good your team really is. There's certain stats that'll tell you. Because you got to remember, the NBA, you're talking about the top players in the world. Everyone is pretty good at basketball if you're in the NBA. I know sometimes it doesn't look like Aaron Baines is good. <laughs> but he's still in the NBA, which means he's pretty decent, right? So, what I mean is, a lot of these teams, 
are fairly even. And then it comes down to what your star player or your best player does compared to the other team's best player in winning time, also known as the clutch stats we just read. And so here's here's the thing that I really want people to pay attention to because I'm going to go through the game, but the key thing here early on, Raptors led 41 to 32 at the end of the first quarter, right? Siakam, 11 points, he got out early. Rodney Hood had eight points off the bench. Thing I want to point out though, Dame Lillard had nine assists on the Blazers' 11 field goals. Now, why is that important? Well, we all know about Dame time. Dame time is real. <laughs> if you watch the NBA, and one of my favorite things, late night NBA, is flicking around, seeing what teams are on. And obviously, you know, you're going to get the Lakers, you're going to get the Clippers, you're going to get Steph and the Warriors. But I love flicking around and stumbling upon Dame Time, which is, I mean, the Blazers might be making some crazy, furious comeback, and Dame is just cooking. It's very fun. Now, nine assists on their first 11 field goals. That is showing that my guy comes out and he's feeling out the game. He's just keeping it close. There's no panic. They're down by double digits for a lot of this game. No panic at all. He's getting everyone else involved. He's letting everyone else get buckets. And... They're just keeping the game close. All five starters for the Blazers in double digits. And then you go to their bench. You had Jones Jr. and Cantor also in double digits. Seven players in double digits. And then the other two guys that played, Simmons had seven. Mello had eight. That is a fairly balanced scoring attack. And Dame finishes with 11 assists, meaning he only had two assists after the first quarter, but my guy was busy getting buckets, figuring out ways to get points on the board, and then buying time for him and CJ to just take over late, and that's just a sign of good teams versus better teams, or great teams, or good teams versus middle-of-the-road teams, what do you do in winning time, and Dame Lillard did the job in this game, but more so, he might have been outdone by CJ, which, if you go back to the start of this season, to where Portland was off to a great start, it was CJ McCollum that was leading the team in scoring before he went down. A lot of buzz in Portland about CJ making the All-Star game before he got hurt. So, you look at this and you think, okay, well, they got a bunch of players on their team. Pretty solid team. They add Norm Powell. Norm is, you know, obviously going to be their third scorer. But you look at the rest of their team and how that team plays. Nurkic, you can tell, is working his way back into game shape. But you know what he's capable of. Covington is a great glue guy. Covington is in that mold of like a P.J. Tucker or Trevor Ariza, you know, uh, Jay Crowder. Those like gamer type 3 and D guys, they play hard defense and they shoot the open three. And it's energy. And you can put them to guard the other team's perimeter defense, perimeter, you know, stars or shooters or whatever. They have a nice team out in Portland. But this game, because the Raptors at the half were up 74 68. Pascal had 15, OG with 16. And then the third quarter is where this game flipped. And it flipped in the third quarter. And even into the fourth, it was still, what do you do in winning time? Because the Raptors, to their credit, Portland came out, Portland took the lead, but the Raptors fought back to the very end. 
But let's dive into this third quarter, right? Because the Raptors with 74 first half points. That's crazy. 74 first half points for the Toronto Raptors. The problem is they only had 10 in the third quarter. And while they had 10 points in the third quarter, things got going for the Blazers. To start, first off, 10-0 run. Covington was just making plays. He was all over the place, getting the loose balls. He was on the glass. He was diving on the floor. And while that's giving extra possessions, I mean, extra possessions that you don't want to give a guy like Dave Lillard. Because while his shot wasn't on tonight, his shots were very timely, the ones that he did hit. Namely, when this run started for the Blazers. Because Dame hits a deep, deep, deep three. And then Norm comes up with the steal as he blows up one of the Raptors' plays, which obviously Norm knows all their plays. And Norm gets a, a, a dunk on a breakaway. Then you have Dame driving right to the cup. You have the Then the Blazers were up three. All of a sudden, Raptors couldn't buy a bucket. Freddie was missing deep threes. Freddie was driving, trying to get buckets in the lane, getting his shot blocked. To start that quarter, the Raptors were 3 of 19. 3 of 19 to start that quarter. And they started it 0 of 11 from 3. That is not going to cut it. Overall, they shot 18% in that third quarter. Blazers were on a 14-0 run while the Raps went five and a half minutes without scoring. That flipped the whole game. And the run just continued into the start of the fourth. That run ended up, I mean, I stopped counting it at 21-5. to Melo had that mid-range game cooking. And by that point, everyone's feeling good. Derek Jones Jr. is hitting threes. And... They were up, the Blazers extended that lead all the way up to 11 with eight minutes left. And the Raps got to give them credit because this team doesn't give up. They're going to play hard. They're going to make it close. And then it comes down to, again, winning time. How do you execute late? How do you execute down the stretch when you need buckets? And one of my group texts, I mean, one of my boys, Jerome, always brings up Fred Van Fleet and how nobody says anything when Fred Van Fleet has a bad game because everyone loves Freddie. If Pascal has a bad game, you're going to hear about it. We're going to talk about it. There's going to be some Pascal slander online. Rarely ever does anyone say something when Freddie plays poorly, though, right? And Freddie was having a tough, tough night. But then what happens in winning time? Freddie starts making plays. Keys an 8-0 run, hits a huge 3 to cut the lead to 1. And the Raps have the Blazers on the ropes. But what happens? Again. What do you do in winning time? And normally it's Dame time. But now he's got his own Robin who sometimes can play the role as Batman. If you're if you're watching CJ McCollum, and heck, in the first game the Raptors lost to the Blazers this season, if you remember, CJ had that mid-range cook-in to ice the game against the Raptors in their first meeting this season. It was much of the same this time around. CJ McCollum ended that Raptors 8-0 run with the mid-range, then... You know, they work off the screen. CJ drives to the cup. That extends the lead back. And to ice it, CJ McCollum has Boucher on an island. And he waves everyone off. You know, give me the clear out. And he hit Boucher with the cross. And this is a tough spot for Boucher to be in, right? Like, Boucher's ready. Boucher's a solid defender. Boucher is one of the better big guys to be able to get out on the perimeter and try to guard someone. The problem is, CJ McCollum is one of those clutch, 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 clutch dudes 
that just gets buckets in crunch time. And he is the reason why, you know, sometimes those stats and people saying that mid-range game is dead. It's why sometimes I think people need to watch more basketball and do less math equations. Because how do you stop CJ McCollum in that mid-range game? You're not stopping him. You're just hoping that he's going to miss a shot. That's what it comes down to. The mid-range is so silky smooth and nice. And in crunch time, it's either going to be Dame or CJ hunting a matchup and getting buckets. And that's what happened here. CJ hunts down Chris Boucher, gets a clear out, hits him with the hezzy, hits him with the crossover, drives the lane, gets the floater, the soft bounce, the soft touch, and then just hits the a shimmy. Harlem Shake, I don't know what you want to call it, right in front of the Raptors bench. He had seven straight points for Portland, 10 overall in the fourth quarter, and that was the ball game. What do you do in winning time? That's what it comes down to. And, and there's some things here, and I'm not saying this is Pascal slander. Pascal had a really good game, 26 points. He had eight rebounds, two assists, eight of 16 from the floor. But what do you do in winning time? That's really what basketball comes down to. Kenny Smith says this all the time. Keep the game close, and then at the end, it's my best player versus your best player. Who's going to make the most plays? And that's what that's what did the Raptors in in this game. And I didn't mention Kyle Lowry didn't play in this game, which obviously is a huge deal because you would like to have your full team against one of the better teams in the league, especially a guard-driven team like Damon CJ. But Kyle wasn't there. Raptors, you know, made some plays to make it close late, but really when they were outscored 23 to 10 in that third quarter, that really flipped the game. Cuz Raps come back and they win that fourth quarter 33 to 31, but too much of a deficit, too big of a deficit to overcome in that third quarter. Raptors lose 122 to 117. Raptors again losers of 13 of their last 15 games tough go there cj mccullum with 23 dame lillard 22 pascal with 26 norman powell in his return game very quickly had 13 points in this game and norm i mean you saw him get frustrated and this had to be tough right like this and i watched norm's post-game pressers and stuff like this weekend my weekend was filled with going through norman powell highlights putting together stuff for the game and trap beats. That's how I spent the last two days at work. And, you know, taking in all of the the post-game and, and, and the pre-game stuff, hearing Norm talk about playing against the Raptors, you could tell, like, this was going to be tough for him. And it would, like, you can't blame him for being a little bit out of sorts. As mentioned, my guy went to the wrong side of the court to start the game. And then late in the game, when he had free throws to ice it, Norm went to the line and missed both. Now, as Raptors fans, we watch these games, we've seen Norm miss maybe one key free throw late, but he missed both, and then he was ripped his jersey, and they brought it up. You saw you saw CJ tap him, be like, don't worry, it's okay. You saw Dame immediately put his arm around him and, you know, give him some positive words. Just be like, dude, it's okay. It's all right, we got this. It's going to be interesting. And, and you know, a lot on the other pod, a lot, on the prior Wrap It Up podcast, a lot of people were writing in saying that they're going to be rooting for Portland. Portland's already such a fun team, an easy team to root for. So, I mean, why wouldn't you root for the Blazers now that Norm Powell's there? I think that's kind of cool. I think that'd be, you know, easy team to cheer for, undoubtedly. But let's get to some comments here because... 
Again, this is the Wrap It Up podcast where we are live and interactive, taking your comments and questions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and on Twitch. So please send me your comments. Let me know what you think. Now we'll get to them. I'll start with Logan on Twitter. Logan says, do you think Portland made this trade because of LeBron's injury and thinking it's open in the West? I mean, that would make sense, right? AD is going to come back. LeBron's going to come back at some point. But, I mean, you hope this doesn't happen. But if this is an injury-plagued season for Anthony Davis, that opens things up for a lot of other teams in the Western Conference. And so why wouldn't you try to make a move, try to see if if you can put yourself in a better position heading into the playoffs? And the West is going to be a dogfight because even if the Lakers you know, falter for whatever reason. The Clippers are still the Clippers. You got to go through Kawhi. The Suns, we just saw the Suns. We know they're legit with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Utah has had a great season. They've been leading the entire NBA for the majority of the season. So there are just some serious teams out West that are going to be tough outs regardless. And Portland is one of those teams. So you add Norman Powell and I'd say... One thing I'll say about this trade, the best player in the deal is Norman Powell, right? Like Norm is better than Rodney Hood and Gary Trent Jr. But I don't think he's that much better than both of those guys. But if you're Portland, you can plug Norm in and Norm has shown that he is a starter in the NBA. And you think that if you make it easier for Norm because you're playing alongside Damon CJ... Instead of playing, you know what I mean? Like, you're just going to get a lot more open shots because so much attention is always going to be focused on Damon CJ. You might want to see where Norm's going to go, what Norm's going to do in this playoff run. And if you like it, hey, you re-sign him, you, you put him beside those guys going forward. And if not, he's a really good rental. So I, I like the move for Portland. And I also, as mentioned on the prior pod, I like the move for the Raps as well. Keep things going here, and we will head to YouTube. The YouTube chat is on fuego right now, by the way, as it always is. So if you want to get some more comments there, please do not hesitate to go over to YouTube and just go to Sheldon Alexander or type in On Blast Podcast. We'll get you to the link right away. Glow Girl Smile says, nice to see Norm. Wish he could have gotten giving him the proper thank you video at Scotiabank. The hashtag thanks Norm Powell was trending. Hey, we know we know how big the Raptors fan base is. And so it's no surprise that with an initiative like that, the hashtag thank you Norm Powell or thanks Norm Powell was trending. That's pretty cool. Norm in his interview on the pregame show, he did an interview with Danielle and he was talking about, you know, obviously he has love for Toronto and he always will. And he's definitely going to spend time spend some time in the off season in Toronto for sure. And it's like, of course, <laughs> it's one of those, like, if you know, you know, type things, those Toronto summers are lit. Of course, you're going to remember those. And if you're Norm Powell, you know, you're going to take advantage of being on the Raptors championship team in the summer. Right. I don't know. Aisha says we all teared up a tad seeing Norm playing on a different team. Right. The championship roster is disappearing before our eyes. Norm, I mean, Norm was also a likable guy. Norm was also pretty cool because 
it was also one of those things where it was also one of those things where if you're looking at Norman Powell, you watched him grow up. You watched him be that second round pick and then seen him develop and become like a guy that Raptors needed during their playoff run. Like they got through the second round without much from their bench, but they definitely needed Norm and um also Fred Van Fleet. How did I forget Fred Van Fleet? Fred Jr. Shouts to Fred Jr., right? But they needed their bench, and Norm was a huge part in that going forward from the conference finals and into the NBA finals. So yeah, that's always gonna be in the memory bank of, you know, Raptors fans. Understand the grind, right? Understand the grind. Owen says the Raptors seem to enjoy playing come from behind in the fourth quarter. It's true. Keep digging holes for themselves, and it's tough. It's tough because, again, they have a lack of depth. The scoring load, it's going to be on Pascal. It's going to be on OG. It's going to be on Fred, and it's going to be on Kyle. And if Kyle's out of the lineup, and now, I mean, Norm's gone... That means you need buckets from OG every night. You need buckets from Freddie and Pascal every night. And now you remove Kyle out of it as well. I mean, Boucher continues to do his thing. Boucher off the bench with 18 in this game. 18 and 11 off the bench for Chris Boucher. In only 24 minutes. And Chris Boucher continues to be just probably the most consistent Raptor this season. And you need that. When Kyle's not there, you definitely, definitely need that. And Gary Trent Jr. struggled in this game. He was 2 for 10, 1 of 5 from 3. But Freddie also struggled. Freddie was 2 of 10 from 3 in this game. Finished off 7 of 19 for 20 points. But most of that came late in the fourth quarter on that last-ditch effort to come back and win this game. So, I mean, if you're the Raps, you don't want to be in that position. But watching them... You know, as the diehards are watching them, you understand why they struggle and are always playing catch up because they're trying to pace themselves through the game because they don't have enough depth. Like Aaron Baines is still getting minutes on this team. That tells you the position they're in. And says 10 points in the third quarter. What a mess. Totally agree. Susan says, I'm pretty certain that we're not losing these close games on purpose, but my goodness, the players must feel frustrated. Totally right. And we talked about this, about the Raptors being too good to tank. Like, they're they're too good to tank. And I know they're losing a bunch of these games, and they're losing... I mean, you lost two games that you really could have won against the Suns and Blazers, but those are two really good teams that, in winning time, Chris Paul, we saw him make all the big plays down the stretch and get to the foul line to extend their lead and ice it late. And then in this game, you saw C.J. McCollum make plays late. You saw Dame make all the plays to bring them back. It's just tough. It's tough at this point to watch this Raptors team and realize that as more guys from that championship run leave, this isn't the same team. But it does provide opportunity. Opportunity for OG to be able to expand his game. Because now, as mentioned, they need him to get buckets night in, night out. He was shooting it well from deep. You see him gaining more confidence in terms of being able to take the ball ISO and try to take someone off the dribble going to the cup. But if you're the Raptors and Raptors fans, you want to see more of that. So the hope is maybe you can. Maybe you can. Leandro says the game was entertaining to watch at least. Did anybody notice the way how Nurse walked out saying nothing right after the game? 
that looked odd, especially after Norm stared down the bench. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't notice that, but I'll take a look after and see what happened there. Fly Miss says the Raptor, the third quarter Raptors being the third quarter Raptors. It's like they forget how to play. It's tough. I mean, there's not much more to say on that third quarter. They just couldn't hit a shot. They couldn't buy a shot. And Freddie's trying to do it all on his own, but he has to create for everybody and for himself. And he has to stay aggressive because especially without Kyle, some of those shooting nights are going to look bad. But it's one of those games where he knows without Kyle, he has to get to 20 points some way, somehow to give the team a chance. And he went out shooting. He was trying. He was trying. I give him credit for that. Scramble says Norm got his revenge. I don't know why I'm happy about it. Okay. Because um, you like Norman Powell. It's pretty serious. No? You like Norman Powell. You like seeing Norm do well. Nothing wrong with that. Elijah says, I'm sorry. I'm living out various emotions. I didn't want to trade, but I like to trade. And I'm happy for Norm, but I miss him and his mentality. He was so Toronto. <laughs> it's all right. This is why we're here to talk it out, Elijah. It's all right. It's okay. I totally understand. I get it. And, you know, to go back to the prior comment, too, about Norm's revenge game and being happy about it, there's nothing wrong with realizing that Norm and the Blazers obviously will be playing for bigger things this season than the Raptors are. This is just a different stage in where the traje trajectories of these two teams are, right? The Raptors are on the downturn. Portland's still trying to go up. And you're happy to see Norm, you know, take advantage of that, right? Like the Blazers are getting Norm because he has playoff experience in big games. That's interesting, right? Like it's funny to hear the perspective of the other team. So nothing wrong with that. I think that's pretty cool. One thing I do want to talk about though, and Leo went on about it during the game about how, how we should be bigging up Dame Lillard more than we do. Like, as a league, as basketball fans, because he's spoken out a lot of times about this whole super team thing. He's been honest about how, you know, at different points of his career, guys have tried to recruit him away from Portland. And he's always just wanted to stay. He wants to ride it out in Portland. And we should big that up. And I'm, I don't even mean because... People take that to mean that we should then be dissing guys that want to jump on the bandwagon and go to Brooklyn or go to the Lakers or whatever. And I don't think that's the case. Like people are able to make whatever decisions they want for their own individual success, right? Cool. That's up to them. But you can, we're allowed to big up both things. Like just because one thing is good doesn't mean that the other is bad. And so we put so much focus on, oh, the super teams and this guy left and went to the blade and went to the nets and whatever. Cool. But what Dame's doing is also cool. And I don't know if people follow, uh, is it called million dollars worth of game with Gilly, the kid. I don't know if people are familiar with that podcast, but Dame was on there and they asked him about it. And I loved his answer. He basically said, you know, basketball is a major part of his life. Definitely is. But he said his goal isn't necessarily to be remembered by, like, to him, just because he doesn't have a championship, that's not going to lessen his career to him. He's not going to let the media or basketball pundits tell him his career was worth less because he didn't win a championship. 
And he went on to say that he does so much else in his life, whether, you know, being able to take care of his family, being able to get jobs for his family, being able to put his peoples in better positions, being able to do so much charity work in both Portland and in Oakland, where he's from. Like, he's gotten such a great opportunity to do so many blessed things in his life. And he said, I'm not going to let you guys try to tell me that that's not worth as much because I didn't get a ring. That's stupid. And I heard that and I thought, that's some perspective, right? Like, that's some real perspective. And I mean, if you like the city, you like the organization, you like your squad, I think it just makes the moment so much sweeter when you do finally pull it out and win. And I mean, it, it's, you think of so many moments and you think of the whole Dame time thing and you think about what he's been doing for that city, for that team, for himself. Dame is already one of the stars of the league. Could his profile be bigger? Sure. But I love the fact that he's like, no, 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 I can do that from here. And he wants to do it his way. Totally allowed and I respect it. The thing I find funny because they were talking about this because of the news, obviously, that LaMarcus Aldridge joined the Brooklyn Nets. And we obviously know, you know, you got KD, you got Kyrie, you got James Harden, Blake Griffin just jumped on board, they got DeAndre Jordan, and now, obviously, LaMarcus Aldridge joining them as well. It's a lot of all-stars or former all-stars you have on that team. And that led to the whole Dame Lillard discussion. And I found that interesting because we forget now, but if you think about it, it's hilarious that LaMarcus Aldridge was in Portland with Dame Lillard when Dame was a rookie. Dame's first few years in the league. And you could tell Dame was going to be good. And Aldridge, as the story goes, didn't really like that. You know, he, t he mentioned things like, you know, noticing Dame would be on more billboards than he was. And he didn't like that. He thought he was a star. He wanted to go somewhere else and be the star. And he left Dame Lillard and went to San Antonio. And you can argue very successfully that he would have been better off staying in Portland. Right? They would have been better served if he just stayed in Portland and they would have rode it out. Because Portland's been doing better since LaMarcus Aldridge left than the the Spurs did with LaMarcus Aldridge. And now you have a couple years later where he's leaving the Spurs to now go jump on the bandwagon in Brooklyn while Dame is still doing Dame things. I think that's just funny. I think it's funny. The grass isn't always greener, right? That's that's the lesson there, I guess. I don't know. I found that interesting. So I thought I'd share some thoughts there too. Let me get to some more comments though. Uh, Elijah says, oh my God, talking about Aaron Baines, that dunk was nasty he had. I spit out my water watching that. I was surprised and you could tell Norm was surprised. <laughs> Right, Norm was like, where did that come from? I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Fly Miss says, Raptors aren't serious this year. I knew from when they seen us struggling with the center position and chose to do nothing about it. Yeah, I mean, it is weird. And there could be some guys on the buyout market. When I saw Georgie Dang sign with the Spurs, I was like, the Raptors could have used him. Why did he go to the Spurs? I wonder if the Raptors were in on that. I wonder if the Raptors are in on anyone in the buyout market. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. As Aaron Baines continues to start off games by shooting threes. Like, why does Baines shoot one three in the first quarter? I don't know, much less two. 
that's where we are. That's where we are. I wonder, does someone tell him, like, don't shoot threes? Because it's not even that he's missing. It's that his shot looks so ugly. Like, why are you shooting that three? I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Ali says, get the bag, Norm. That third quarter killed us and offense was laboring. Uh, Aisha says, Hood will be a great bench player. I think so too. He, he's kind of one of those heat check type guys that can come off the bench. I think that he he can do some stuff for the Raps for sure. Uh, T-Dot Raptors. Raptors love to play your turn, my turn offense if the other team hits a three. It's like we have to hit a logo three or just a regular three to answer. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I agree with you. Sometimes it's like you live by the three, you die by the three. Basically with the Raptors, if they hit a three or if they're hitting their threes, they win. Right? Like that was their that was their victory against Denver. They were just on fire from three. That game was over. It's tough. But it's tough to bank on that night in and night out, especially against good teams. That's why the mid-range game in crunch time. More comments though. Day uh game time, day time is very fun to watch. Portland in the bubble was fire. They fought hard to get that eighth seed. And last year, the triple OT with Denver in the playoffs, crazy. Uh, K2's Garnett, CJ's too nasty though, basically scores all the Blazers buckets in the clutch. It's super interesting to watch. And says, they moved Derek Jones out of the starting lineup for Norm. DJ was a difference maker because he had something to prove. I found that interesting too. But you can see it's just adding depth to their team. So that's also a good look. And, you know, Norm was doing really well as a starter as of late. So maybe they'll see how well he'll do there. But there's the option to switch back and have Norm come off the bench and see what he can do. Maybe lead that bench unit. Who knows? Options, right? Options. Uh, Hardjap says Raptors aren't defending like they used to. Covington showed more hustle than the entire team in the third. Agreed, it wasn't a good look for the Raptors on the, the, the hustle game, we'll say. Other than Chris Boucher, of course, because Chris Boucher only knows one speed. More comments, though. I'll get a couple more comments before we wrap things up here, because pe the people got a lot to say. There's a lot of comments in here. Shouts to you guys, for sure, for tuning in and being a part of this, because, you know, without you guys, couldn't do this pod. I mean it. <laughs> Susan says, I'll never forget the GoDaddy curse and Norm's worst season as a Raptor. Was glad to see him move ahead after uh, shaking off that hex. The GoDaddy curse. I forgot about that. Does that still exist? Is there still the GoDaddy commercials? Who was the last Who was the last victim of the GoDaddy curse? I remember CJ's PJs and CJ, CJ Miles had a terrible, terrible year. But that GoDaddy curse, I mean, I remember it got JV. Man, it's tough. It's really tough. What else do we got here? Mark says, as much as I advocated to keep Lowry, I have realized we cannot keep him after this season. While watching this Blazers game, Gary and Gary and Flynn need to play for growth. This seems like a two-year development. I mean, it is ushering in the next phase. And as mentioned on the last pod, I understand why they kept him. Because there's a level of, well, we just don't want to give up Kyle for anything. And I was one of the people that was like, you know what? Get something because 
you'd rather get something than have him just walk away for nothing. But I feel like there was an optics play here where they didn't want to give him up for nothing. And if you're Kyle Lowry, you don't want to get traded for nothing either, right? Like you think you are, you know, a multiple time all-star. You want to be traded for, and people think this is like, this is a joke, but for real, the optics of these things matter to the teams and to the players. If you remember, a recent example of this was Kevin Durant. Remember, Kevin Durant was leaving to go to Brooklyn. And so the Warriors wanted to work out a deal in which they got something in return for Kevin Durant leaving. And they, you know, Durant, because he wasn't leaving them on horrible terms, but at the same time, they worked out a, a, a sign and trade. And they traded Kevin Durant for D'Angelo Russell. And it came out that KD didn't like the fact that he was being traded for just D'Angelo Russell. And so they had to add in a first round pick. <laughs> like, that's a thing. It happens. I get it. Stanley in the chat says, Powell, playoff Powell, and the chip experience will be missed. Also says, Baines is trash. Uh, now it's Dame's time to get a ring. That would be awesome to see Dame get a ring. I feel like everyone would be cheering for Dame in the playoffs if that happened and they got to the finals. Seems like one of the good guys in the league. More comment. I'll get one from Instagram. Flynn's defense is not bad, but when it comes to offense, he needs to play with the same intensity and confidence like when he was in the G League. Different fish, I know, but rise up, man. I think it's interesting because Flynn... He's just now starting to get consistent minutes. And some guys are feel type players, meaning they need to be in the game to get into the flow of things. And another thing that's underrated is if you're used to starting and playing heavy minutes for your entire life, and then now you get in the NBA and you get tossed in for like three minute spurts and then it's back to the bench, that's going to take time for you to adjust to that because you haven't done that in your career. Some of these guys ever. And it's not an excuse because, hey, there's tons of guys that have to deal with that exact same thing year in and year out. But we're not seeing Malachi Flynn do well in the short spurts that he's been getting. But down the stretch, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to get more more run. You know, Kyle's banged up right now. Who knows? Maybe this was just a maintenance day because obviously the Raps will be playing back-to-back -back games. And maybe Kyle plays tomorrow because the Raps will need him. But either way, Malachi's got to start getting some burn. Definitely got to get start getting some burn if you're Malachi Flynn. Uh, Katie says, I'm happy for Norm. I think this change will be good for him in his career. And he wouldn't have like he wouldn't have taken the leap without being pushed. Yeah, I think the Raptors, he's a great story in the Raptors development and what they were able to do with Raptors 905. I think that is, you know, one of the the great parts of this is seeing the development of 905 that they can't even afford to keep all these guys. They've done such a good job in developing that they have to let some of these guys go because they've priced themselves out. Because look at it, right? You're talking OG, you're talking Pascal, you're talking Fred, you're talking... Well, OG wasn't a 905 guy, but he came along at the exact same time as all these guys, right? Working his way into the rotation. But Chris Boucher as well. 
right now, if Chris Boucher was going into free agency this offseason as opposed to last offseason, you know how much money Chris Boucher would be earning himself right now? So, again, great job by the Raptors and their development staff in 905. And Norm just represents how good of a job they've done throughout. Percy says, I love KD, but his rings have got to be the most meaningless meaningless chips as far as competition goes for any top five superstar in the league. I mean, that sounds like a, a, a long conversation for another day. <laughs> I'm not here to have the KD dissing, like the, the superstar or the, the superstar chip conversation. I'm not here to have that, that, that argument or debate right now. Maybe when they're playing the Nets, KD's hurt right now too, right? He hasn't played in weeks and weeks and weeks. Trust me, my fantasy team notices, <laughs> but we'll, we'll have that time for have for those conversations for sure, as I think the Raps have a couple more games coming up against the Nets this season. And like that game, we will be here discussing, going through the Raptors, you know, season and going through each and every game, because that's what we do here on the Wrap It Up podcast, where we discuss everything Toronto Raptors night in and night out. No matter what happens, win or loss, we're here at the exact same spot on this Wrap It Up podcast. Remember, Wrap It Up is a show on Blast Podcast is the network, and we are streaming live on this show after each and every Toronto Raptor game. Whether we are live on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or on Twitch, we got you covered. Taking your comments and questions is the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors postgame show there is. If you ever miss a pod, don't worry. We got you covered wherever you get your podcasts. That would be on Spotify, on Apple, and on YouTube as well. And don't forget about SoundCloud. Please like and subscribe. Tell your friends. In the wise words of Bomani Jones, <laughs> rate us, rate us, review us. If you only give us four stars, no, what's it? Give us five stars. If you only give us four, then I'm forced to believe that you are a hater. I always like that line. It's pretty funny. You get the point. Support the pod, support the movement that is this Wrap It Up podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On blast.